This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. It's time to put the spotlight on headlines from around the region. Among those headlines, we are looking at no indication from Malaysian authorities with regard to lifting their chicken export ban. We're also looking at highlights from Indonesian President Joko Widodo's visit to Ukraine and Russia, plus China's foreign minister's advice to Myanmar. On the line to help us out, Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent for The Straits Times. Good morning, sir. How are you? We've got a bit to talk about. First, if you don't mind, we'll focus on Malaysia's central bank raising rates by 25 basis point. It's first consecutive rise in more than a decade. It's really all about trying to rein in inflation, right? Because of a weaker ringgit. But based on what you've heard and your own observations, is it likely to work? Well, you know, good question. And that, I think, is the central point, you know? Sure. Whether this raise that is expected today after the two-day monetary policy meeting mm. that ends later today, and I think we can expect a statement at the close of business today on these 25 basis points that you mentioned. Clearly, there is pressure because of inflation, weakening ringgit, mm. all those things coming together. And, you know, other central banks are doing it. So, yeah. you know, Megara cannot be left behind not doing it and ignoring really serious issues, global issues, economic issues, they're sweeping markets now, you know. So, but like you pointed out, the question is, will this be enough to defend the ringgit and also to put a lid on inflation? And people I've spoken to believe that in come September, when these monetary policy meetings are held again, the pressure will build on Nagara to actually raise rates again. Mm. So I think we're entering into a period where rates are going to rise and that's going to be painful for borrowers especially households and corporates alike yeah. you know when rates were hiked in may there was an outcry from corporates and households and i believe that that's it's going to be the case again this time and perhaps an even louder outcry because uh, the trend is setting in that the Gara will have to raise rates. Mm, all timing as well. I really do feel for the folks in malaysia because you could see a case of suffering before things get better and will they understand? Will people understand? Everyone really is under pressure in this scenario. Gosh, it's an impossible task. Leslie, I want to talk about former Deputy Prime Minister and AMNO President Ahmad Zahid Hamidi. Now, he's failed in his application to halt the proceedings of his corruption and money laundering trial. Why is he trying to halt this cross-examination? And, well, in terms of a valid reason, does one exist? Well, actually, we've been seeing this in all these high-profile cases including the one against former PM Najib Razak. I mean, mm. these delaying tactics, lawyers getting sick. The latest was Najib's lawyer, Shafi Abdullah, suffering from laryngitis. I mean, here's a man who's contracted COVID. One said he could not appear in court because his dog had bitten him. You know, so the thing is that these excuses keep coming and they keep getting accepted. So you're getting a sense that public is getting kind of jaded with all of this, especially with the judges, you know, and why they're not putting their foot down you know, with, with this kind of stuff. Because these kind of requests wouldn't apply to ordinary citizens. So, you know, I think this double standards that is shaping out to be a debate now. Mm, yes, my dog 
eight my motion to dismiss. <laughs> Didn't work in school for us, but hey, <laughs> let's try it out in court. <laughs> Leslie, let's talk about chicken. So it looks like Malaysian authorities have not given any indication to Singapore as when they can lift this chicken export ban. They're standing by this decision, it seems for now. But we are also looking at, we as in Singapore, also looking at other sources. Now we talked about this, I think last week or a week before, and the likelihood that this can backfire on Malaysia if other countries find alternatives. Exactly. We've talked about this and I think we've raised the prospect that Singapore will look for other sources from Thailand and Indonesia and that would leave the Malaysian exporters in a very awkward position when they're ready to come to the market. And I think the window to have access to very valuable Singapore export market is closing very rapidly. And what is worrying is that the government doesn't seem to have any kind of clear policy or idea on how they want to deal with this. You know, so it's still setting up a committee to fight against inflation, but no real serious move to look at the distortions in the market, look at how these things can be ironed out. This, I think, is a big question, and it does suggest that you've got very powerful vested interests in these food supply chains. Mm, mm. Actually, if you don't mind, if I get into my so-called like coffee shop talk kind of mode, right? Is there a lack of innovation here? Because we talk about chicken and a country finding alternative import, but there are also alternative meats, and, and this doesn't seem to be discussed enough, right, in Malaysia? Precisely. I mean, precisely. This, this is where, the, like you pointed out, you know, the debate is lacking. You know? We need policymakers mm. need to have this kind of debate, public debates also, so that you kind of invite possible kind of solutions or at least propositions to mm. how you want to deal with this. Yeah. You know, so, but this is not happening, and it is clear that you know people are working in silos here, and that's not good. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Like us and rate us. And now back to our podcast episode. I've been speaking with Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent for the Straits Times. Let's talk about Indonesian President Joko Widodo. Last week, we sort of previewed him being the first Asian leader to make a trip to the capital of Russia since Russia invaded Ukraine. So he went to Kiev and Moscow, of course, last week. And he spoke with Vladimir Putin, the Russian president, and offered to have Russian railways invest in Indonesia's new capital. Groundbreaking attempt at diplomatic ties. I mean, what did Jokowi achieve from all of this? Well, you know, critics would say that this is image politics. But I think we may be overlooking the kind of cloud Indonesia is slowly building for itself in the region and also internationally. They're part of G20. Next year, Indonesia will be the chair of ASEAN. So, but, you know, with Russia and Ukraine, there are long-standing political and military ties. These things are historical, actually, between Indonesia and Russia. So I think Djokovic's move to put some kind of pressure has to be seen as a positive I wouldn't go so far that this will lead into some major change. But clearly it is, it just shows that people are engaging with these countries to try and get a solution. And it does help with Indonesia's delicate juggling of the interests of superpowers, you know, with China, U.S. interested in the region too. So all of this, I think, allows these ASEAN countries a bit more latitude. 
when dealing with this problem. Just a final question, Leslie, and it's about China's Foreign Minister Wang Yi calling for Myanmar Sun Ta to hold talks with the opponents during his first visit to the country since 2021 coup that plunged it into turmoil. Talking about this comment, so-called encouraging the junta to start and initiate peace talks, especially when you consider China as one of Myanmar's military, a few international allies, they don't have many. They're seeing an importance here. What are your thoughts on this, considering it's such a volatile state there? Well, you know, uh, Wang Yi's trip is the first by a very high-profile Chinese official in recent months. And I think the fact that he refused to condemn the coup that happened in February 2021, but the fact that they are encouraging the junta to actually co-talk is a good sign. I mean, if anyone has sway with the military junta in uh, Myanmar, it is the Chinese. Mm, okay. So I guess perhaps it's Beijing's way of showing where other countries, while they put pressure on Myanmar, and the junta has refused to budge. Beijing might be trying to show that, you know, their methods actually could prove more productive. Mm. So I think after, you know, so many negative twists and turns in this story, this appears to be one positive in a long time, you know, especially at a time when the situation is getting from bad to worse. Yeah. been speaking with Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent for The Straits Times. Leslie, appreciate your time. Take care. Have a great day ahead, yeah? Thank you, mate. The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.